0: Thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate networks. Welcome to another episode of the Shadow Initiative TV. We are your hosts. I am Raquel. He is Stephen Lancaster.
1: And uh, hey, welcome back, Stephen. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm getting tired of the weather, and I'm sure you are too. Yeah. Did you guys get any snow? Not nah, well. Not specifically in our area, but our surrounding areas, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. It's been cold. I mean, not not like yeah. your temperature cold but um mm. cold for us here is like 20 degrees yeah um, but other than that it's just been wet we
0: got a um and i'm going to use a legitimate uh you know, like uh, measurement of weight here we got a metric butt ton of snow overnight <laughs> and it's still snowing and it's going to be snowing all day so we are definitely um within hoth cargo land
1: that's awesome I mean, I, yep. I'm from the north originally. You know, I grew up in western Maryland. I'm okay. used to three, four-foot snows at once. Then mm-hmm. the plows go down the road. That puts that on the side of the road. Then it snows again three, four-foot. They plow again, and we'll have 16 to 20-foot piles of snow that are still mm-hmm. standing there come May. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of how it is here, too. My,
0: uh, my, my brother who lives in Phoenix, he won't even come anywhere near this area
1: until it's at least 85 degrees outside. I'm telling you, man, my, my first job as a kid was at 16. I was a paper boy. And mm-hmm. uh, when it would snow those three, four, I had and like forty some papers to deliver every morning. I'm yeah. a high school student getting up at 3 in the morning to be done by about 6.30 and then get ready for school and go to school. When it snowed like that, oh, my God. Oh, I imagine. I'm surprised imagine. I'm not, like, buffer. More like, pff, yeah. all swell and stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised too. Yeah, but well, maybe maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was, and I'm just like old now. I don't know.
0: Probably, probably. I mean, uh yeah, you are old.
1: Yeah. So, guys, guys, welcome back to the show. Great show, Friday night with, with Sean Bonnie yes. telling his story. Great. That was our best live turnout to date. That was Definitely excellent. Um, we got to apologize. We were supposed to have um, Rob Demarest on tonight, um, but he is unfortunately sick. So we hope he gets feeling better, and we he certainly hope water. it isn't anything worse than like the common cold. But uh, we will reschedule him in the future, and uh, you guys will just yeah, have I, to wait for that.
0: Yeah, I talked to him the other day, and he says he doesn't think that it's uh, that it's COVID or Good. you know anything like that. He just think he just thinks that it's a common flu which is good, so we wish him the best of luck, and, uh, you know, hope he gets better really soon. So, we have got a great show today for everyone. Uh, we don't have a guest, but we are going to be talking about some great topics, and, you know, one of the things that we're going to be talking about today, uh, Stephen, is
1: plagiarism in the paranormal. Yes. That's good. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I've been, I have been really happy with our topics, you know. We've covered... Mm-hmm. So, the paranormal unity we've covered the professionals in the paranormal field and now we're going to be covering plagiarism in, in the paranormal field and you know you guys mm-hmm. out there you think that the paranormal is so weird as, as mm-hmm. a as a career or a field of study it's not much different right. and still has all that drama and legality that any other occupation has. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, definitely. And plagiarism—I never really thought of it before, but apparently, this is a huge problem um, in the paranormal field right now, and it affects people like us. You know, we're authors and professional writers. Um, and I, you know, when when we talk about it, I'm going to you know tell a little bit of a story that I have. You know, I've been plagiarized, and I'm I'm sure you've probably been plagiarized too. But um, this is – one of the things that we're really going to touch on was, in a, was an egregious offense of uh, plagiarism, and we'll, we'll talk about that later on. Um, and let's see what else we got today. Um, on Ghostwatch, we're going to be paying a visit to uh, England. And we're going to be talking about the uh, Bucket of Blood pub. Now, I love the name of uh, of that pub. And uh, this was written by myself for SpookyIsles.com. Uh, Stephen, Creature of the Week. Rick, Creature of the Week's a kangaroo. Can you believe it? You know, a kangaroo, we we usually cover things that are either legendary or mythological, but this time we're actually going to be covering something that doesn't really get covered a whole lot in cryptozoology, and that is out-of-place animals. These are real animals that everybody knows exist, is accepted by science and yet still winds up in really strange places. And the place that these kangaroos are about as far away from Australia as you could possibly
1: imagine, and we'll get to that later on. Yes. And then we've got some uh, haunted salvage, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, a haunted library where I'm going to show you guys a couple interesting pictures and tell you a really – one of the few times I have actually felt creeped out and mm-hmm. and I don't want to spoil it, but when we get to that segment, uh, I'm going to explain you guys what happened, and it, it it just gives me chills just thinking about it. So it's a cool show ahead. Right. You know, and uh, the the the
0: pictures that you have to show everybody, um, again, they're
1: amazing photographs of something that may be an apparition. Yeah, and you know, people always not not so much anymore because I think I've. Uh, went past that stage of, of uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, but but you know when you come out as a paranormal investigator, there, there are levels to it. And, and sure. one of the levels you unfortunately hit is everybody calling you a fraud. Right. <laughs> okay? And, and I heard yep. it mostly years ago with, oh, Lancaster's always getting this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Well, what, what you don't realize is that one episode of Monster Vision TV or that one piece of footage I put out, that goes up against the hundred times that nothing happened. Yeah. You, you know, we, ju- we would never show you, that was the one thing, you know, the ghost shows, they used to, you know, if they had an episode where they found nothing, you still saw that episode. We, we, never, yeah. we never did that. We only showed episodes where there was something interesting to talk about. We didn't want to bore people. Right. And you know, one thing—I'm a photographer. I studied photography and filmography, so I know how to use these tools, and I get great photographs. <laughs> I'm not no, gonna you lie. No, you really do. You, you really know, do. I mean, I. But anyways, uh, we're, we're getting off of something. I don't know. So yeah, what are we gonna? What do you want to start with when we come back, Rick? Well, I think
0: that we are actually going to start off with the creature of the week, where we're talking about not a creature. But an actual animal, and in a place where it absolutely should not
1: be. Well, you know what? With that being said, let's hop to it. <laughs> and guys, stick around. Thank Another you for dad tuning, joke. tuning in to what? What are we? Episode eight here of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. Guys, comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends. We're growing every week, and this is fantastic. But you guys, check out check out uh, this commercial whatever it's going to be. And when we come back, we're going down under, but not really. And now I know you're curious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So guys, stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiative.tv at gmail.com. With questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's TV at gmail.com. Since you're running the roo... You can go. You can go ahead. Oh, Stephen, I can't stand
0: the dad jokes.
1: Oh my god. You cannot bring us back on this one. This is your baby. What what do they call a, a kangaroo baby? A Joey. A Joey. This is your Joey, Joey. man. This is my Joey. All right. And
0: welcome back to the Shadow Initiative TV with Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. Um, So, Stephen, this week's, we've already teased it, this week's Creature of the Week is not so much a creature. It's not mythological. It's not legendary. This is an actual animal. And that animal, of course, is the kangaroo. Now, as we all know, kangaroos, they are hopping around Australia. Um, Actually, uh, a woman that my wife used to work with said that their kangaroos are like our deer in this country. They are everywhere, and they will run out in front of your car at any time of the day, and you're gonna wind up hitting them, not really run out, but more like hopping. So the one place you would never expect to see a kangaroo is right here in Sweet Home Chicago. Exactly. So, okay, so the story goes that back in 1974, a couple of police officers were on um patrol in the Jefferson Jefferson Park neighborhood, which is on the north side of Chicago. And uh they get this call that this woman was awoken in the middle of the night by her dog barking. When she went to go look at when she went to go look outside to see what her dog was barking at. Lo and behold, she sees standing on her front porch a friggin' kangaroo. Like, there's an actual kangaroo standing on her front porch. So what does she do? She calls Chicago's finest. So these two police officers come around, actually chase this thing down an alley. And... I, I'm not kidding you. This is it, It's it's funny, but it's a fact, and it's a true story. They actually tried to put handcuffs on this kanker. Good luck with that. They will kick
1: your ass. Right?
0: And that is exactly what happened. <laughs> this kanker proceeded to beat the hell out of these two police officers right before he hopped away. Now, that wasn't the only time... And the only place that kangaroos were actually seen in the Chicagoland area. Now, anybody who's not familiar, when I say Chicagoland area, that's slang for our an area within 50 miles of the actual city itself. So that's that's like our slang term for that. So not only was it seen in Jefferson Park, it was also seen around – it was seen in Oak Park and it was seen in Plano. And it was seen in other areas around the city of Chicago. So this is about the farthest that you're going to get from Australia, where there are kangaroos just everywhere. So th- these, this is an actual true story. Like, this actually happened. I asked my mother-in-law a few years ago, who is from the south side. Um, I asked her, I'm like, do you remember hearing about this and she actually said to me she's like yeah i kind of remember hearing about this you know whether or not she was just trying to placate me i mean that's probably what happened but according to her she did remember hearing about this this happened in 1974. so you know steven obviously kangaroos are not indigenous to the american midwest obviously uh, uh i don't know down there in get old north carolina if they're down there but um what are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think that people were seeing an honest to
1: god kangaroo? And if they were, how did it get there? I mean, of all things you could make up, why a kangaroo? Right. First off, that's what makes me believe it really exactly. happened. Secondly, could can you? I just I wish I wish there would have been dash cams and stuff back then, because I would just mm-hmm. like like to hear how they saw uh, dispatch. We we are in pursuit of the kangaroo, and the person on the other end, what? What the fuck did you just say? You know, and then, right. then they then they corner the kangaroo, hands out of the pouches, hands out of the pouches. You know what? I would I would love to have seen this situation. It's they, fantastic. they
0: actually tried to handcuff this handcuff this animal right before it proceeded to beat the hell out of the both of them. Now here's the interesting thing. Now a lot of people would say, well, maybe this was an escapee from a zoo. So. Immediately, our two big zoos, which is um, Brookfield Zoo on the you know like near southwest side of Chicago, and uh, Lincoln Park Zoo, which is my personal favorite, which is in the Lincoln Park neighborhood on the north side. Those two zoos were automatically contacted. They're not missing any of their high hoppers. Okay, circuses were contacted. We're not missing anything. They actually contacted zoos from several states surrounding Illinois. Like Wisconsin and Indiana, Minnesota um, and, and other areas, we're not missing any kangaroos if they had any kangaroos at all. Right. So obviously these people are really seeing real kangaroos. If nobody is missing a
1: kangaroo, how the hell did they get here?: Well, you know, it happens all the time. There are people who own exotic animals, and, and well, that's another thing and, too. I going to stop you right there
0: nobody was missing any and at any exotic animal parks or anything like that which there are a number of them in the in the midwest here nobody
1: was missing anything but i mean civilians like i know a guy in the myrtle beach area he has tigers lions on his property i mean he just mm-hmm. he's got exotic uh, animal licenses to have these things you know so you always right. hear the story of the boa constrictor or the python that got out of somebody's house You know, or a monkey, you know, monkeys are are becoming more and more popular um, as a residential animal with the proper licensing, you know, so maybe Mm -hmm. it's possible that somebody had one since a little Joey and it became a big Joe. It became, you know, uh, a a criminal. Yeah, (laughs) it it got out on the streets, man. It got out on the streets, man. And just it went downhill.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, every once in a while, um, they've actually pulled sharks out of the Mississippi, Mm -hmm. and they've actually pulled sharks out of Lake Michigan over the years. Um, So yeah, so there are people that uh, get these exotic animals and free them, but everybody's animal was accounted for. So out-of-place animals is one of those things that's rarely ever discussed in cryptozoology because it sort of gets dwarfed by you know, the most fabulous ones like uh, Bigfoot and right, uh, right. Chupacabra and the rest of them. So, we never really talk too much about out of place animals. Now, there is a theory that is, um, you know, kind of comes off on the uh, uh, quantum theory side. Some people have actually offered the theory that a portal was opened up between Australia and between Chicago. All places, uh, you know, if I'm going to open up a portal, it's going to be like New York City, right? But it opened up between Australia and Chicago, and these kangaroos just hippity hop, tippity hop, right
1: on in, boom, there they are on the north side of Chicago. Totally plausible, the most likeliest of scenarios, I would say. I could, I could actually yeah. see, you know, a Chicago drug lord. Very, mm-hmm. You know, illegally importing a kangaroo to transport the drugs on the street. Because let's face it, if you see a kangaroo going down the street, are you going to think, man, I bet it's got drugs in its pouch? Absolutely oh, not. I, no, are you kidding me? In that pouch, you hit, in that pouch of theirs? I'm, I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to think that they're immediately, that they're, uh, you know, being a uh, mule for some coke
1: or some, uh, some meth or something but automatically. Since you brought this up, okay, I'll tell you something. That um, since since we're on this theme, um, okay. About 12 years ago, we took a case, uh, and I'm, when I'm saying it's out in the middle of nowhere, it's out in the middle of nowhere. We had to camp. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking 115 degree heat index. We had to supply our it. own power. You know, it, it was roughing it, man. And, and we mm-hmm. needed to make sure we had enough power for all of our equipment. And uh, we came across a pack of hyenas. Hyenas, hyenas. Now I can't talk detail about the case, but okay. um, behind me is a real hyena skull. Oh, that was so that's found, what Stephen has for show and tell today. That was found on that property. Actually, the entire body, which was interesting because usually when an animal dies, they get ripped apart and, and you know, pieces are kind of scattered everywhere. Well, this this was the entire uh, skeleton, and I have the mm-hmm. rest of it in a, in a big old shoebox. But these things we have on video walking alongside of us in night vision and about two foot off the ground, you can see the eyes watching us with that pack mentality walking alongside of us. And we heard laughing. Not like a that's human laugh. Yes. Remarkable. So I did some research, and I and I contacted um, Miss Ann. Her name was Anne. I'm not going to give her last name. But she used to be the anthropologist at NC State. And mm-hmm. I sent her pictures of the skeleton. I told her, and the video. And she said that she would 100% bet hyenas. And she did some research. And I'm not going to mention the county, because that's going to give away this, this case. It's supposed to be confidential. But... Um, way back when like in the early 1800s hyenas had came, they had come over on a boat in okay. north carolina and went out into the wild and it would it would it's totally believable because this area was like almost 100 acres of no man's land mm-hmm. like nobody went in or out of it without permission of the of the of the gentleman who owned it so these hyenas just lived there that became their habitat whatever you want to call it and right. of course things were handled after that uh with with the animals but there's something again that did not belong there but um paranormal investigators uncovered it
0: right right kind of you neat. know the
1: interesting thing about
0: hyenas yeah i mean hyenas they're not canines i believe they're actually feline they are related to the f- the feline so i mean they you know they they they're able to hide a little bit better and a little bit sneakier Now, here's an interesting thing we talked about the beast of bladenborough mhm and do you think that maybe it's a possibility that the Beast of Bladenborough
1: could be one of these uh, rogue hyena? That is a very good possibility. Um, just because of the area this was in wasn't that far from the original site uh, of where Bladenboro first went down in the 50s. And then, you know, it, like I said last week, it started moving towards us here, you know, last sighting 30 <laughs> minutes away. So it's very, very, very possible. Now it doesn't right. explain the whole drained blood thing, but um, sure. it certainly would explain the all the animal attacks because hyenas they it would be very rare for them to go after a human being, you know and, right. it, and so it would right. explain why there were never any uh, humans attacked. But with that being yeah. said, that was a fantastic story, Rick. as, as you folks at Thank home, you. Thank as, you. as you folks at home can see we are constantly raising the bar here. Oh. Just when you think we can't get any worse, we're talking about kangaroos in Chicago. We, we do. So, right. Here's the thing.
0: If you ever come to this, come to our beautiful city, okay? Um, you're you're going to come for the pizza. You're going to come for the architecture. But you're going to stay for the
1: kangaroos. It's a t-shirt. You can pick it up there, you know? Yep. Okay, <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start making them and market them. anyways guys look we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about the haunted web library show you some cool pictures and hear a chilling story of one of the very few times um i was actually pretty creeped out at at a haunted location so you guys stick around Caught some footsteps going out before uh, they left the basement.
0: The, the infant, there was supposedly an infant that's been buried on property, so that was a hot question, too. That we were getting a lot of thumping. Sounded like running, actually. <sighs>
1: Oh, that even looks like a fucking toe. Like he's barefoot. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you not hear that? Yeah. That was loud as shit. Yeah. What mm-hmm. no, the was that? There was a shadow. That looked like it was peeping around that doorway. Yes. Ryan, Ryan just recreated his boot. He's got an actual boot on. Yeah. Dude, and it looks like a smurf turd. Cool. I got him. Yeah, it's on yeah. Watch cool. Dude, did we not shut that door? Yes. I knew for a fact we did. And how the hell did it come up past the rug because I had to move the rug? Um, the shadow was incredible, uh, but the evidence that you guys uncovered tonight with the shadow was really, really great.
0: The shadow, that's all I can remember from the whole night is the shadow. That was awesome. And then the shadow that you guys caught was really cool. Oh, I feel great. This was truly a remarkable experience. I mean, the footage that you guys got, the camera shots.
1: Motherfucker. Welcome back, guys, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with author and ghost hunter Rick Hale and myself, Stephen Lancaster. And tonight, we're all over the place. It, it, it's just total chaos here in the uh, Shadow Initiative Studios anyway with kangaroos with kangaroos hyenas i mean it we're we're out there man anyway uh the web library a place i've investigated dozens and dozens and dozens of times it's located in moorhead city uh, north carolina and is a, it's in a historical building but it didn't start out as a library it started out as medical offices so mm-hmm. people had died in this building you know that, that's evident uh, babies all, all ages um, there are a lot of theories as to what haunts the web library and it may be more than one entity um, but but the the entity that, that I've studied the most has been this heavyset nurse that looks okay. straight out of that time period um, now you I'll throw the pictures up here guys and I'll set this scene out the the web library is two levels um, actually three if you count the basement and uh there's a really interesting video on this uh channel um called the uh the web library sessions or the basement sessions is what it's called um with me and my former head investigator alan bess it's like a 15 minute segment i recommend watching it to see what went down in the basement that particular night but this there were six of us working this particular weekend and uh we, the place is so big you could spread out and effectively research, Rick. So I, mm-hmm. I'm downstairs in the actual paranormal section of the building, the part where they have the New Age books and paranormal books. And okay. I come walking out to where it's nothing but a long hall, as you saw in those pictures and as they're seeing at home. And at first there was nothing there. It was a, a well-lit hallway. But then this aura, this color, started to take over the hallway, and there was this figure. So I brought up my camera and started snapping pictures, and, and I right. captured. And you can see the transparency in it. And immediately I thought, this is the nurse that, that the director of this library has been claiming to see, that heavy set nurse. And just as quickly okay. as she was there, she was gone, and and the hallway just, the atmosphere of the hallway went back to normal. Which I do have before and after photos. I don't think I sent you those. So before we get to the part that really creeped me out, uh, Rick, what what are your thoughts yeah. on, on this photograph? Well, first off, allow me to just say I haunt our
0: local library quite a bit. Uh, I I love libraries, and the idea of a haunted library is just really turns me on, man. You know, like I love that. I love that idea. And I'm, like, looking at this picture here, it doesn't really look like a woman. It looks more like a man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, I can, I can definitely see this. It's obviously there. Um, are you absolutely certain that this was not one of your people that you,
1: you know, took a picture of by mistake? I'm glad you asked that question because that same question has been asked before because I used to have a guy on my team who was very heavy set. Mm-hmm. He was not there. Okay. okay, there were six other investigators, and he was not one of them. Now, if he would have been there, that would have been my initial thought. Okay, this is Kevin right, walking right. down the hallway. Um, but there was no sound. It was whisper quiet. And just, I, I was going by what the director had told me. This heavyset nurse is what people claim to, you know, people who go to the library, people who work at the library, is what they claim to see. And um, that's what I went with. I could completely rule out one of us. Uh, okay. Because nobody was that physique that was there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. Um, clarify for me again. Why is there a nurse there? It, you, it The building started out as medical offices. Okay. Old-time medical offices. And then eventually um, the guy who bought the building, Mr. Webb, um, his wife wanted the town never had a library, so he dedicated okay. the bottom floor to become a library, and it started like that. And then exp- after his death, expanded into the entire building being a library.
0: Oh, okay, right on. Well, that would make sense then. Now, have you guys have you ever were you able ever able
1: to determine, you know, name, uh, identity of this uh, nurse? No, because that's the thing, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. Um, was the fact that multiple entities are said to haunt this place. Because we sure. have captured female voices. We have captured children's voices. Actually, my wife, one of the hair-raising things I've ever seen is we were all in the children's section of the library. And, mm-hmm. and Ryan's to my right. My former or my, my future wife is sitting here to my, my left. We're sitting on the couches in there, and there's a little rocking chair in, in view. And we look okay. over at the door... And maybe about two and a half feet, three foot tall is a solid little shadow entity standing there at the door. And we're seeing this with our own eyes. And none of us are filming, right? And then, then, then just Isn't
0: that always the way?
1: Then just like this, it just like went up into this black mist into the ceiling and was gone. And I'm, all, I'm completely upset. And then my, my wife says, she had, she had set her camera down on the arm of the couch. And it had been running,
0: so oh. we
1: caught it. We Excellent. caught it, and you can vividly see. So there are definitely children there. There are definitely ne- so it's like it's a a beacon, unlike uh, mm-hmm. some of the some of the um, ghost watches you talked about seeing different entities and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you're you're talking about a place that has a lot of history, a medical building. Books are coming from all over the world to there. Who knows what kind of attachments? You yeah. Know? So. Um, that is extraordinary. Yeah, it, it was, and, and there's, we we could do a whole series on just this library, but let's get to the part here that creeped me out. The okay. basement is known for true story. Um, a woman who had a child in this building. The child mm-hmm. was a stillborn. The child was buried in a crawl space off of the basement. Okay. Okay. So that's how the body was disposed of. Motive-wise, I have no idea. Nobody has no idea. It's all speculation. So the basement has a lot of negative, very negative energy. You go well, down... I mean, obviously, something happened like that, of course there's going to be negative energy. You go down there, Rick, and you can taste it. You can feel it in your lungs. It is, like, heavy, man. Yeah. And uh, we, we've experienced a lot of stuff down there. But in particular, that same night that I caught that picture in the hallway okay i open up the door to that basement and you see my hand pointing in the picture guys you see the pictures on the screen okay the basement down there takes on water they have a little sump pump you know but it takes on water Mm -hmm. because moorhead city's right at the ocean okay and uh and you can see two giant boot prints okay now there's a whole segment um on the Monster Vision TV episode about the web library that shows how this all went down and us going down those steps and looking at the prints and seeing what tracks coming up those steps. Yeah, I see the boot prints, but I also see something else, too. Like, to the left of your finger, it almost looks like somebody's standing there. It's bizarre, and I'm glad you pointed that out so okay. i stopped dead in my tracks i radio everybody because i had ordered everybody to specific areas of the building and no one was to go to that basement alone so mm-hmm. everybody confirmed nobody went to the basement and nobody's foot was that big anyway okay <laughs> i mean yeah that's, that's a, a big boot print, right which would fit the physique of that image if you in my personal opinion well anyway mm-hmm. um we're standing there, we're looking, and, and I, radio, I get everybody there. There's video of this, like I said, guys, on the channel. Um, just look for the web library stuff. And we go down, we're looking at them, we're comparing our boots, our shoes to this print. Um, and that's when we notice the wet prints, they kind of dissipate as they go up the steps, that, you know, as of drying. Um, that mm-hmm. legitimately creeped me out. Because I knew oh, nobody yeah. was down there. And here was something, you know, you hear about using flour. To capture, you know, footprints. I've done that many times. This was something that went through the water and came up those steps out the basement and could have been the picture I took. Could have been. You know, so that's... That would be a very, very large woman,
0: um, tall Mm -hmm. and well-built. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I, look, I look at both of these pictures, and I think that they are, they are just
1: both remarkable, astonishing even. So, uh, you know, well done. Thank you. And, you know, it's like I said, being trained with a camera, I never shoot with a flash. I know how to shoot in low light. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, you just got to know what you're doing. But anyways, guys, let's let's hear your thoughts on the image. Um, and, and if you get a chance, go watch the Monster Vision episode on the web library watch the little bonus episode called the basement sessions and uh you'll really get a good feel uh, about this location it's it's incredible it's awesome
0: yeah haunted libraries um i know that there's the big one in, in indiana uh that has a i can't remember the name of it but it is haunted by the gray lady
1: and she's she's seen there quite a bit that's interesting you would say the gray lady because some people have actually said that edward teach haunts its The, uh, you know, Blackbeard, um, yeah, haunts that library. And when I released that picture, a lot of people said, Oh, it's got to be Edward Teach, you know, blah, blah, because he's missing a leg, you know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. You know, I never, right, I never really got any kind of pirate feel (laughs) when I was in there. But, Um, but, but, anyways, guys, look, we're going to take a break when we come back. Rick is going to take us out with a, conversation on plagiarism, and I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. Yeah. So you guys, stick around. Check out the one-step closer to Madness Network. Paranormal Podcasts, Conspiracies, Horror, and More. Like them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash One Step Closer to Madness.
0: And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative TV with your host, Stephen and Rick. So, you know, Stephen, there's something that I really want to touch on because you know, there are a lot of... Um, inherent problems in the paranormal. You know, you always hear about people talk about drama, how drama's constantly being called caused. People get pulled into it and then it just turns into a gigantic fiasco where character assassination is done and, uh, you know, people are left out. Mm-hmm. I, I, we've, we've we've seen this quite a bit over the, over the years now, Sure. Correct? Oh yeah. yeah. But there is an even bigger problem, and this is one that I've never even considered before, and that is plagiarism in the paranormal this happens quite a bit um i've been plagiarized um, i'm sure you have probably been plagiarized as well somebody taking your information uh something that you wrote and then turning it into something saying it's
1: you know something that they wrote what i've seen i I wouldn't say um i've got two examples i'll I'll do one and come back to the other uh Mm -hmm. i wouldn't that i'm aware of i don't think anybody's really um Taking any of my literary work and done something with it. But I have seen people take my research and, yeah. and try to turn it into their own. The Brentwood Wine Bistro being the number one. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, I'm seeing paranormal investigators on their websites claiming to be the, the, the ones that got the best evidence there. And for 10 years, it was just me and my crew. That was the only people allowed in that building. And yeah. these people have come out of the woodwork. Oh, we, you know, just kind of, that, that's not really plagiarism, that's just riding my coattails. Yeah, exactly. The, the other one would be, I wouldn't call it plagiarism, but when Monster Vision TV came out, you you know, it was the first of its kind. It was the, mm-hmm. the one and only YouTube show about paranormal investigators that was being done independently. And, right. and then it just exploded and every paranormal team and their brother started doing the same thing. I wouldn't call that plagiarism, but... Again, just kind of riding the wave that we started. Yeah. Uh, but as far yeah. as something literal, where where that I'm aware of, I've never found a, my written work under somebody else's name. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had people uh, steal from me. There was a
0: there was a uh, Facebook post that I saw on a friend's um, post where they actually took something almost word for word out of my second book, Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror, of an investigation that I had done, and kind of retooled it a little bit and then turned it into something that they did mm-hmm. and you know, took credit for it. And and it, it was just, it, it was, it kind of hurt a little bit because this person was like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan of yours and I have your books and, you know, and, and, and I love everything you do. Okay, cool. So let's, you know, steal my stuff. But when it comes to plagiarism, there, there are a couple different kinds of plagiarism. There's of course, unintentional plagiarism where somebody may accidentally forget to to write a uh, quotation mark, or somebody may accidentally forget to um, cite a source, like a footnote, like a footnote, exactly. Right. So there's that kind of that's that's sort of an accidental, unintentional plagiarism, and you know, and a lot of people, and you know, when they have to write papers in high school, they get hit with that kind of thing. But then there's the really, really egregious one uh, kind of plagiarism, and that's what we're going to touch on here. Um, this is intentional plagiarism. This is where somebody intentionally takes the work of somebody else and then puts it down as their own and then throws it out there to the world. And this happened to Richard Estep. Do you know who Richard Estep is? Okay. Richard Estep, he is a paramedic and an author of several books and He has actually been on some uh, television programs. Uh, One of those was haunted hospitals because of, you know, himself being a paramedic as well as a, as well as a ghost hunter. So he wrote this book and it is called haunted health care, uh, medical professionals and patients share their encounters with the paranormal. Now, Obviously, this is something that's going to happen in hospitals because not only is a hospital a place where people die, it's a place of incredibly high emotion. <laughs> sorry about that, Smolty. <laughs> that's my dog. Um, obviously. Obviously, yeah. So <laughs> there is, uh, you know, there there is a high chance of, uh, of hauntings occurring in hospitals because of this. So Richard wrote this book, The Haunting of the Healthcare. I'm um, sorry, he wrote Haunted Healthcare. So recently. I'm reading this article that, 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 he, that, he, that was written about him. He's going through Amazon, and he's looking at other books you know, on the subject. So he comes past this one called The Haunting of the Healthcare, a collection of ghost stories related to the medical professions, and this one is made by a guy named Hugo Sullen. Now, people have searched for this Hugo Sullen individual. They can't find him. He's got a Facebook page, but it's a kind of, you know, there's no picture there, mm-hmm. and there's nothing, you know, there's no other indications of who this individual might be. So, now, I can understand if, like, maybe there was, like, bits and pieces that were taken up this book, you know, maybe this individual forgot to cite him as being a source. Not so. Whoever this Hugo Sullen is, and I'll say Hugo Sullen in quotations, he took this book, Richard's book, Haunted Healthcare, word for word. Didn't retool anything, didn't rewrite anything, took every single thing, word for word, put this new cover on it, um, which is very much similar to the other cover, and um, renamed it. Now, I'm, assu- so this is,
1: I'm assuming there's a lawsuit here.
0: Um, from what I understand, like, he is doing his level best trying to talk to Amazon because his stuff is published through Amazon. So Amazon should be able to deal with this yeah, immediately. Yeah. But from what I've heard so far, Amazon hasn't done anything about this. Hmm. So this is like, this is a terribly egregious form of
1: plagiarism. And, and you got to look to um, people in power that, that do this all the time and totally mm-hmm. get away with it. I mean, Zach Baggins has been accused of plagiarism. Yes, I'm going to bring that up. How many? T- and it, there's no denying it. If you look at what he wrote and then you look at who's claiming he took it from and you read their work, it's almost word for word.
0: Yeah, that was uh that was Troy Taylor. But the thing is is like Troy Taylor came out as soon as, you know, people were saying that, oh, he plagiarized Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor now all of a sudden comes out and is like, "Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I helped him with that." Because so he,
1: like, he was bought off yeah exactly and that's my point you know I've had more than more than dozens of people say to me you know monster that that Zach Baggins I just thought it was coincidental he stole mm-hmm. he he stole the concept of monster vision TV the concept was it was nothing but the investigators no camera crew we were the mm-hmm. camera crew right. what is ghost adventures? Okay? That's exactly then it. Then I came out with a concept called Ghost Trials, where I was going to mm-hmm. have a, a team of professional in- researchers and investigators of all ages, you know, people like you, you know, just people well-respected in the field, that would have a location... And put in different paranormal teams and watch them and judge them, see what they did wrong, see what they did good, you know, that kind of thing. Even put them in locations, tell them some BS story that it's haunted, and it's not. And see what team claims they get something and what team claims, hey, this place isn't haunted. Right? that sounds familiar. Exactly. And I had it out there in the open, you know. In the public eye, I was pushing this concept, and then along comes Paranormal Challenge or whatever that show was called. Yeah, pretty know, challenge. By the same guy, you yeah. know. So I, I, I think he's a cheat, and I think he uses his money. I think he bought that Troy guy off uh, mm-hmm. and had him sign a disclosure. You know, look, you mm-hmm. can't say nothing. Here's $25,000, and, and um, Zach's none the wiser right yeah
0: and it's it, it really is uh, quite sad that that is what we become and that goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago professionalism in the field yeah if you're going to yeah, if you're going to consider yourself a writer if you're going to consider yourself an author seriously man come up with your own stuff yep you know you don't need to steal other people's material and try to make it your own and and and, and this goes back to the other problem too that we have literally thousands of people in paranormal land as i like to call it they are all vying to be the next big thing Mm -hmm. and they will do whatever they can and whatever it takes to get there even if that means screwing other people
1: yeah and you know i was just gonna add you know people like you and i um who are authors were Mm -hmm. also very well read you know, we have studied our entire life. We have read every paranormal book, parapsychology, cryptozoologic, whatever, you know. Yeah. We don't copy that stuff. We take that information and that knowledge and we put it out our own way. hmm You know, sure, it'd be easy to, to grab Hans Holzer's book back here and just, you know, but why? Right, or if you took,
0: you know, if you took like a book like Phantasms of the Living, uh, by uh, Frederick W.H. Myers. I mean, that book's been out of print for 130 years now. hmm Your paranormal investigator of today is, don't, doesn't even know who Frederick W.H. Myers is, so it's like they could find this book on the Internet and just write it down and, boom, put it out there, and there you have it. Yeah. Phantasms of the Living for
1: a New Generation. I absolutely agree. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame, but it's like you said, it's that motive. Nobody wants to work to to get what they deserve. You know, the, right. re, the respect that you have, you earned it all. And you did it the right way. You know, the, the people who respect me, it's because I did it the right way. I never, I've never sold out. I've never stole somebody else's thunder. You know, it, and I'm proud of that. You know, and, and yeah. we're the losers. We're the losers in the end. The nice guys do finish last. But it, mm-hmm. it depends on how you look at it. You know, because I don't want the reputation that Zach Baggins has. Right. He can be happy with that. He can be bought. I cannot. So. Yeah. Well,
0: I just, I, you know, I just hope that Mr. You know, East step here gets the um, justice. Mm-hmm. I guess you could, you know, for lack of a better term. I hope that he gets what he has, you know, what. That, that, that it all gets worked out from, because I just think that is absolutely terrible. Stealing every, stealing his book word for word and just slapping another title on it.
1: And and, and that's the thing too. It, it, it's so easy now, especially with with, with uh, you know platforms like Amazon. Anybody can publish something. Anybody. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you can download somebody's book drop it into Microsoft Word or WPS Writer or something, go in there, change some stuff around, even if you want to do that, and then re-upload it with a different cover, and bam, it's going to be on Amazon, and nobody's the wiser. You know, it's so easy, and and that's that's always been a pet peeve of mine, and and I I mean no insult to people when I say this, okay? Um, Aside from the plagiarism thing, I, I don't want to say it's on the same level of it, but, okay, people who are on podcasts calling mm-hmm. them, calling themselves radio show hosts, you are not a yeah. radio show host. You do not work <laughs> yeah. for a terrestrial radio station. You didn't go to school for that. I did. In college, yeah. I, I worked for Q94, Classic Rock Station. I could say I worked for terrestrial radio, okay? Yeah. If you release a book through Amazon on your own, you are not a published author. But they all say, I am now a published author. No, you're not. You have mm-hmm. to go through a publisher to be a published author. Oh, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the people that, that release their own uh, movie or whatever, uh, they, all of a sudden they say they're a director or they're a producer. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. that, that stuff bothers me for the people who actually earn those things and, and go about it the way you should. Yeah, those terms are too loosely loosely thrown around now, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, you know, and also too, when you're a published author, your name goes down in like our in our national library, you know, the Library of Congress. Uh, You have your books that are registered in the Library of Congress. I have my book that's registered in the Library of Congress, and my last two books because it was written out of they were written from they were published by a publisher in Scotland. I'm actually in the English Library,
1: we're immortal baby,
0: Queen's Library. So it's like yeah I mean that's that is like that 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 is being a
1: real honest to God published author now now before uh, this just now hit me I don't know why it didn't hit me before um before we wrap up this segment and uh get to um haunted salvage and ghost
0: <sighs>
1: um <laughs> we got a poltergeist there man uh anyway, yeah he's ten years old <laughs> <laughs> uh, my <laughs> wife. My wife actually experienced it. I I didn't think about it, but um she had wrote a book called Just Believe years mm-hmm. and years ago. Um really intense intense haunting. Well, her boyfriend okay. at the time, her boyfriend at the time was taking care of the the computer aspect of it. Formatting okay. the cover, all that stuff. This Joker went through Amazon and put his name on the cover of it. Ugh. And and he still to this day holds all the login information, everything, so she can't go and take it back. Because to Amazon, he's the one that owns it.
0: Yeah, you know it's 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 funny because Amazon will um they'll they'll help you out if they can. Like when my first book came out, somebody put a very na- somebody a relative of mine that I no longer speak to put a very nasty <laughs> review on it. Um, re- remind me to send it to you and I'll text you the uh, the picture of it. And, um, you know, they're, they're actually willing to help you out, but sometimes they just, they can't.
1: Yeah. In, and In that and situation. You know, we, we tried the right way. She, she tried contacting him. I tried contacting him. Look, man, come on, just give up the information. Everybody knows you didn't write this. And so mm-hmm. he, for 10 years, he's been banking on this book with his name on the cover that she has no control of. Yeah. You know? That is a shame, man. That is just a shame. But look guys, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break when we come back. We're gonna hit Rick Hale's Ghost Watch. We're gonna we're gonna hit this week's Haunted Salvage and go from there. So you guys stick around. Looking for unique handcrafted gifts or accents for your home, office, family, or friends? Check out Shadow Creations, your one stop custom shop for one of a kind designs for the eclectic mind. Unparalleled Creations by Christina. Like Shadow Creations on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lancaster. and stay up to date on her daily releases available to you and easy to find at etsy.com slash shop slash motley by Christina. Shadow Creations, a little motley, a little curious, a little bit different. Browse Shadow Creations at Etsy.com slash shop slash motley by Christina.
0: Hey, and welcome back to the Shadow Initiative TV with Stephen and Rick. Um, Stephen, today I have got a great location that we're going to be doing. I'm going to be doing Ghost Watch. It is the Bucket of Blood in. Uh, Cornwall, England, I, this, this place has got a very grisly past to it and that's what gives it it's incredibly gruesome sounding name. So here we go. English pubs are world famous for having quirky names names that are usually based on an animal or something unusual that occurred in its history. In the small seaside town of Hale, Cornwall, is the Bucket of Blood, a macabre name based on a grizzly tale that may have resulted in the pub being haunted. This grade two listed building is believed to have been built in the 18th century, although its foundations are believed to be of a much older vintage. Being in a port town, the bucket of blood was a well-known haven for ruthless pirates and cutthroat smugglers. The pub was a favorite place to have a drink before heading back to sea or taking care of nefarious business in town. Over the years there has been a great deal of speculation on how the pub got its unique name. The most accepted story comes from an alleged incident that occurred centuries ago. According to legend, The landlord went out to the the well to fetch a bucket of water. When he pulled the bucket up, he was shocked to discover the bucket was filled with a thick crimson fluid that could only be blood. When the well was inspected, the horribly mutilated corpse of a local revenue officer was found at the bottom of the well. Town officials believe the officer may have questioned the wrong people and ended up on the business end of a dagger. Whoever these murderous brigands were, dumped the body in the well, and were long gone by the time the body was discovered. Although this grisly tale is debatable, what isn't debatable is that for many years, staff and patrons have experienced strange activity and caught glimpses of ghostly figures lurking in the pub. And some of these encounters can only be described as hair-raising. Although the building that houses the pub was built in the 18th century, its foundations are believed to be associated with a building dating back to the 12th century. This may explain the unnerving appearance of a phantom monk. Upon opening for the day or closing at night, staff have reported the presence of a phantom monk in a black robe moving around the pub. Several stunned patrons have reported seeing the specter hiding in the darkened corners of the pub and then vanish before their eyes. Outside the pub near the old well, people have reported seeing the battered and bloodied form of a confused man wandering about. Although this ghost has only been spotted a handful of times, it's believed to be the ghost of the revenue officer who met his fate at the bottom of the well. On numerous occasions, staff have come in to open the pub for business and discovered a disconcerting sight. Sometime during the course of the night, Some unknown person rearranged tables and chairs, and broken glasses as well as thrown objects were found around the pub. The people who work at the pub attribute the vandalism to a poltergeist. And it's not just inanimate objects this poltergeist goes after. Some other stuff have claimed to be grabbed, some other staff have claimed to be grabbed or pushed by the poltergeist. The Bucket of Blood in Philip Hale Cornwall is a tr- traditional pub known for its warm, inviting atmosphere, where people can have a drink and laugh with friends and family. Recently, the owners, St. Austell Brewery, have brewed their own house beer, of course named The Bucket of Blood. A beer I would love to taste in this notoriously haunted pub. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch.
1: sounds like a horror maybe waiting to happen man the bucket of blood no.
0: yeah it really does you know the the uh, bucket of blood in hale cornwall uh no relation it's h a y l e but uh yeah it's a uh, definitely one of the more uh famous haunted areas in cornwall and it could you know very very well have this revenue officer of course we would call them a tax agent today um if the story is true, he probably was fell upon by some pirates or, um, you know, some other muggers, and they decided to kill him, take whatever money he had on, and then just dump his body. But definitely a fascinating
1: location. Excellent, man. It was so good. It was kind mm-hmm. of kind of one of your shorter ones. Yeah, it really it
0: it really is. Uh, you know, you're gonna get the longer ones, you're gonna get the shorter ones. So um, that was a shorter one that time around. It's like the life of a prostitute. And with that being said...
1: <laughs> so, yeah, let's uh, move on to some Haunted Salvage. Rick, keep everybody entertained for about 30, 30 seconds. Um, so I can 30 gra- seconds? Yeah, so I can grab this week's okay. Haunted Salvage. You go do that. Haunted Salvage. Uh,
0: so, uh, Stephen will be back momentarily. He's just getting whatever it is. So, hey, let's enjoy his fish swimming in the background look at that little guy go and he's going in boom he is looking for his son nemo uh, no doubt uh let's see what else do we have we got some egyptian stuff we got a double-headed dragon got some old books yep good times at the lancaster nerdery up oh, and there he is speaking of lancaster nerds stephen has returned
1: All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you for covering. Well, you are quite welcome. Well, I, was gone. I think I think you're going to love what I had to say. Oh, I can't wait. I'm super excited. <laughs> well, this week, you know, I, I I'm going to say it's haunted only because it came from a dead guy. Okay. But there is such a cool story to this box. Okay. As you know, and probably everybody else at this point, is I go out... On a weekly basis and hunt down old shit. <laughs> you know, whether it be toys, antique stuff like this. Um, I like to collect this stuff. Got a whole room full of it. Yeah, uh, you do. We were in a town. My wife and I were in a town called Burgall. It doesn't get any more North Carolina than that. Um, no, no. Because they got this really wicked antique shop in there, man. There are sarcophagus. <laughs> However you pluralize it? Sarcophagi. There are sarcophagi in there. I mean, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So I'm getting, I think I bought some Donald Duck stuff that day. I'm not sure. And the lady says, you know, there's an estate sale going on right down the street. Old man died. His family's there right now, and they're selling off all of his stuff. You know, so I was like, Phew, and the little cartoon smoke was right behind me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we go in there. We're looking around. We were kind of late to the party, man. It was getting down to the nitty gritty. But I saw this box. And the, and the reason I liked this box is because it had the old world maps on it. I like that. That's a good place to hide your porn, right, Steve? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyways, it's actually kind of like a jewelry box kind of thing. Okay. There's a, there's a diamond there. Hey. Um, I, I guess uh, jewelry, place for rings and stuff. Um I thought it was going to be like a cigar box. Turns out, mm-hmm. not. So I asked ask the son, I'm like, uh, how, how much you want for this box? And he says, $5. I was like, all right, cool. Here's $5. Sold to an American. Yeah, we're out the door. So we're driving down the road. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's already back to normal. Ah, okay. So I'm driving down. I'm trying to get this drawer open. It won't mm-hmm. open because of the humidity you know, down here is just insane. So the the drawer had swollen. And I couldn't get it open. And as I'm shaking this thing, all of a sudden something breaks loose. All right? Okay. So I start turning the box. I'm turning the box. And I start hearing a sound like that. Something's rolling around in this box, Rick, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> so, uh... I need to get this open to find out what is in here that I just broke loose. So I get home, man, you know, and I finally get the bottom drawer open, okay? And what do I find inside? Are you ready for this one, buddy? Hold on. Hit me. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you. I pull out this. Whoa. What is it? Okay, that's one side. Here's the other. Okay. Now it's a coin. I'll take some pictures of it um, so so you folks at home can see uh, a little bit better detail. This is a 1982 South African Krugerrand coin. Pure gold. The necklace that's attached to it Pure. That is remarkable. Gold. Okay, so I had never heard of a 1982 South African Krugerend. <laughs> you know, it made me it made me think of Freddy. Like a hey, Krugerend. What is that? Like the amusement park for Nightmare on Elm Street? Let's go to Krugerend, guys. Anyway, no, it makes me think of uh, makes me think of uh, uh, Lethal Weapon too. Oh, yeah. Want to see lethal yes. there, yeah, with the Krugerend, yeah. Absolutely. So this coin was in there. Needless to Mm -hmm. say, homeboy here didn't say anything (laughs) to the people um, that, you know, were selling this $5 box. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you got a completely gold coin, completely cold necklace. So I was like, I got to find out some stuff about this thing. So I I, I find a coin website, and uh, I take some pictures, and, you know, they'll give you a quote on what you have, just kind of based on looking at it, a loose quote. And, uh... The character from this, this coin shop hits me back and he said, Just for the coin, man. He said, If you're looking at selling it, I'll give you $1,258. And you you still have the coin, so I absolutely do. Oh, because I. You, didn't take, the, uh, because you didn't, I, take the low road. No, the, the things I acquire, I acquire to keep. I am not a reseller. Yeah. Um, okay. But that speaks volumes. Within the same day, he emails me back and is willing to send a check for $1,258, which means it's worth way more because this cat sells him, and he's got to make a profit.
0: Right, right. So it's
1: probably worth like three
0: or four times more than
1: that. Exactly. So there, there you guys have it. Haunted salvage. Guy, uh, you know, sadly dies, you know, for the family and everything. I pick up what I thought was just a cool box, something rattling around inside, I broke it loose. That's probably why the family didn't realize anything was even in there. And yeah. bam, there be gold. See, I- ah, there's there's our <laughs> yeah, there's your pirates. You know, I had something. I had something
0: very similar. I bought a um, um a bag of comic books from. It was a. Um, I don't even remember where it was. It was like uh, it was the Sycamore Tractor Show, Sycamore, Illinois. They have this big tractor show every year, and they also have vendors and stuff like that. So I bought like this bag of comic books, and I get home and I'm looking through the comic books, and there is a very first issue of the comic book Spawn. Wow. And I yeah, I got this I got this book for 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 a couple bucks, and so I look it up, and and this comic book is worth 25 bucks.
1: So I made my couple bucks back plus more. I got, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right now, I got Justice League number one in a very similar way. There's a huge flea market up the street here, and we occasionally stop there mm-hmm. And uh, when we see a new vendor, when I haven't already raped everybody else. <laughs> but uh, it's usually people that don't know what they have, and this woman was new to the place, and her son had went off to college, and he told her to sell off all his stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot yeah. of it was comics, so she had boxes of comics, she, and I said, how much are your comics? She said, ah, oh, just a buck a piece. It's fine. So I'm going through them. Uh, Justice League number one, yes, and I, mm-hmm. and I got like uh, Ghost Rider number four. Okay. I mean, the, the you know what I'm saying. These are comics that are worth a lot of money. And, yeah, and that happens all the time. Sometimes yeah. people, they just don't know what they have. Mm-mm. Well with that being said, we we've talked about the old uh it's the not Burdello of Blood. I keep see I keep thinking of the horror movie the now. Bucket of blood. The bucket of blood. In Cornwall. You guys have heard this week's uh, Haunted Salvage, which was more of a uh, Goonies type thing really. You know, yeah. and so guys we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back, we're gonna close out this shenanigan. So stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at all around art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best selling book Norman II The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. Welcome back, guys, and thanks for hanging out again for yet another episode. Episode 8 of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We're getting up there, Rick. We're getting up there in the numbers, man. Yeah, I can't believe it's actually been 8 episodes. I am, I am impressed
0: with this, considering the fact how many podcasts don't last any more than... You know, a
1: few episodes, but we're moving right along, and we're bringing some good stuff to some people. To, yeah. to the People and the Facebook group is growing. There is activity every day. Again, guys, right across the screen here is our Facebook group. You can go there, join, throw us some ideas, throw us your your haunts and your stories, and you know, you're the fuel for the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, especially after last week, having um, having Sean on on the show and hearing his hearing his um, his ordeal that he's put up with his his entire life. We 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 want m- more of that. We want yes. we want to bring, you know, like we, we, we don't want to bring just, you know, a bunch of, you know, Paris celebs on the show. We want to bring real people who experience
1: real hauntings on this show. Hey, and Rick Rick said it. I couldn't say it any better, but I'm sure it's shit going to try. It's uh <laughs> it, it's it's like anything, guys. The ghost hunting shows I don't care which show it is, they all go to the same damn places. It's always this asylum, right. or, or it's Bob Mackie's, you know, it's it's always the same. How many times, guys, do you want to hear the Amityville story? You know, how many times I'm, do you want to hear that?
0: Oh, well, it's so fraudulent anyways, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I don't so, never want to hear it.
1: So it's cool that, that, that Rick and I are not only sharing our experiences and our stories and our investigations and, and things that you've never heard before— you know, we're taking you out of uh, of the household names. And, and what Rick was alluding to, guys, just just you average Joes out there, you know, that had, like Sean. Watch that episode from last week. What a, It was a fabulous, rich story. It was captivating. And we want to hear yours, you know, and we'll bring you on and we'll give you our opinion of it. And, and uh, people, the listeners want to hear something new, and that's what we're here for, you know.
0: Oh hey, you know I forgot to tell you I got a uh, a Facebook message from a buddy of yours, Chris Beck. Oh yeah, he is a yes, buddy yes, yes, he is a friend of yours. Um, he said that he is a artist friend of yours, and he just wanted to say, hey man, that he loves the show.
1: Excellent. So it's like, hey, you know, thank you. And he says, no problem, buddy. Well deserved. So well this um yeah, this brings me to what was gonna be a surprise for you, but I'll go ahead and tell you. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, but but you gotta give me another fifteen seconds. Entertainment entertain okay. the crowd. Okay.
0: And the nerd is gone again, ladies and gentlemen. He's gonna be coming back with something here very very soon. Uh, undoubtedly something very, very nerdy and geeky. I uh, can't
1: wait to see. Oh wait, nope. Oh, there he is. Okay, we gotta go back. <clears throat> All right, so. Chris is okay. prob- he, yeah I can't wait to see that one too um, Chris is probably one of the most talented artists and, and I mean like okay. art I, I don't mean like a musician um, that I have ever mm-hmm. met I met the guy oh boy um, about a year and a half ago and it was right when I was completing the manuscript for Norman 2 okay and he was so enthralled with the first Norman book and wanted to read the second normal book so I sent him the manuscript um, before I even sent it to my publisher and let him read it and he's like there's a part in the book where I describe a figure that I've seen that I was unable to get a picture of and he sketched this dude out like a a sketch artist would working for law enforcement and I was like this is amazing that you took my description from that manuscript this is him And, and I said how would you like to see this get put in my book And, you know, Chris jumped at the chance, man. He jumped at the chance. It made him, for the first time, a published artist. So, he was so obsessed with Norman that not only did he do that, he made this excellent painting. Yeah. Okay, you've probably seen this before. This is Chris Beck. I have. His work. And what he did is in this painting, he, he, he captured... The essence of the first story, with the with the little girl watching the house burn, Norman dangling from her hand. I mean, the detail with the flies in the window. This guy is exceptional. So yeah, no kidding. I hit him up a couple weeks ago, because I mean, he's literally the epitome of a struggling artist. Okay, he's trying to to make a a living. um, Doing so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm searching for something here, so, um, and, and, you know, he's got a family, um, you know, he's got kids, uh, he's just a great guy all the way around, and, um, okay, so I said, hey man, I said, I got two things I, I, I want you, that I want to contract you out for, one, I need you to make, you know, I said, uh, Rick refers to our fan base as the shadows.
0: That so is correct. Are want, the shadows. I
1: want you from your own mind to create a original shadow creature that we can use as our logo. And, and I said digitally, I'll add the Shadow Initiative text and stuff. But create from your own mind what you think our shadow creature would be with the shadows. You know who our shadows worship, right? And then I said, the second thing I want you to do is because Rick and I like to have fun on the show is I want you to create cartoon characters of me and Rick, <laughs> of me and Rick. So, oh, no. so, so we can have um, the serious logo, you know, with mm-hmm. the shadow creature, and then we can have this cartoony logo for the more fun stuff that we do, that we bring to the show. Now, I haven't mm-hmm. seen, I haven't seen the cartoon versions of us yet. But I gave Okay, him I, can't, sh- I am dying to see this. I, I gave him strict instructions. <laughs> I said, I've got to have my fedora on. You know, make sure I look in shape. <laughs> Rick has got to have <laughs> some kind of industrial music t-shirt on. I mean, I gave him the details, man, right? <laughs> so he's working on that one now. But I'm going to send you in the chat right now, Rick, here, live on the show. Okay. The shadow creature that, from his mind, he created to be the mascot for our show. Now this is okay. the sketch. This isn't the colored version yet, but this is the sketch, and it's coming your way right now. Whoa! Yeah. Are you gonna throw? Did you throw that up here on the screen so the I tell you what, I, cuisine, I, I, I was gonna wait until it was a finished product, but guys at home, this is the work in progress of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV mascot the the no. the OG shadow he's the OG shadow guy sh- putting him up on the screen here we haven't colored him yet or anything but that came straight from Chris Beck's mind that is awesome he is extraordinary I mean my God what a talent yes so picture, I am I am that. impressed picture that with, with um you know like I said I'll get a di- make a digital copy of it and put our Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV text you know, and just picture that—you know, being the guy behind our words, being behind the text—it's um, going to make a wicked logo.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. That is—I uh, I cannot wait to—I cannot wait to see this all colored in. Yes, that is going to be amazing.
1: It's going to be awesome. And, and you know, guys, uh, Rick and I—we've kind of touched on it. This may lead to some T-shirts for you shadows out there. This may lead to who oh, uh, I want one. That <laughs> uh, that would be cool on a t-shirt, an all-black shirt with with, our, yeah, with well, our shadow with the Shadow Initiative logo. You know, maybe we'll develop that here in in a few months and do some contests where you guys can win some Shadow Initiative TV merc. That would be great. yeah, absolutely. That would be cool. That would definitely look really cool on a black t-shirt. Yeah. So next we got next we're waiting on the cartoon versions of me and Rick. So I'm excited about that one. I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I am too. I am too. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I may even get you know, a I've, tattoo. I've, I've never. You may have, I, I've never had one of those.
0: Um, uh, I think they call caricatures. Mm-hmm. I've never had one me of neither. those. Uh, one of those drawn up before. So yeah, I'm dying to see that. But you know, Chris
1: love. I, I, I love the sh- the, uh, the shadow creature. It is fantastic. It is awesome. I, I, I've contracted him out for these two gigs to help him and his family out, help us out, because, man, I, I don't care. I could find any pro guy and their website, and they would not have delivered that image. That is just, you know what I'm saying? It's original. You know, somebody else, mm-hmm. I think, would have went with what people consider a stereotypical shadow creature to look like. You know, this is right. from his mind, and that is just awesome. Yeah, very well done. I love it. You know, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with
0: you. I have always been envious of people that have an artistic ability.
1: Always been envious of that. He's and the thing is, man, he he does this. He, he's one of those guys. Like, he, and I know you know who I'm talking about. That have these talents. Mm-hmm. That do it so easily. It, it makes it look like, oh, I could do that, then. And you're like, oh, uh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, when he did his first sketch of Norman for me, I was sitting there with him. And, and mm-hmm. I would say in 20 minutes, he had a sketch. I didn't even know he was doing it because he's always got a doodle pad. And, and I'm on my cell phone, and all he was going by was a picture that was on my cell phone of Norman. And mm-hmm. I look over, and I'm like, dude, did you just now do that? And that and that's what ultimately you know turned into this painting, is it started yeah, with I, just the Yeah, I sketch. love that. Love it. Super awesome. And he and he started. I you know I, I've helped him out. The all around art commercial that that we mm-hmm. that we air on the show is him. You oh know, okay. I, I finally talked him into starting his own business. Get you a website. Get you a Facebook man. We'll help promote you on here. You have got to get your stuff out there, man. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I mean, if you know, if anybody's looking for anything, please
1: contact Chris Beck. Yeah. Because as you have seen here today, he is an amazing talent. Yes. And you shadows are now, you now, you guys are gonna have a logo, man. You know, we'll give <laughs> it's away all some about t-shirts. about you. We'll give away some t-shirts. You know, we'll do some contests. Whatever, man, you guys will get some Shadow Initiative merc. That'll be cool. That'll be awesome. So, with
0: that being said, I guess we're going to wrap this one up. Another one is in the
1: books, as it were. Bam. Bam. Done. It's
0: it's in the pouch. Number eight. It's in the pouch. It's in the pouch. Number eight. Number eight in the pouch. So, yeah, everybody, uh, thank you so much again for uh, watching uh, Stephen and myself here. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Have a great week.
1: Take care, guys. Right. There's there's your ugly mug. That's right. Got to be careful nowadays.
0: Yeah, really. So uh, what's with the mask?
1: Are we socially distancing
0: from a thousand miles away?
1: Yes. I don't know. It's like because you started talking to bring us into the show and then you froze. You were like this. Mm-hmm. It was totally funny. I should I have taken a screenshot of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot hear you at all if you can hear me. I can't even see you. You're oh. fine.